Hello everyone, my name is Tom and welcome to another episode of The Financial Pundit, a show where we talk about financial questions that affect our daily lives. And today we're going to talk about the coronavirus and in particular we're going to ask what effect can the coronavirus have on the US economy and is this something that we as investors need to worry about? Will it become the next pandemic? All this coming right up. As I'm recording this in February 2020, uh, the coronavirus has infected almost 100,000 people. And it has a lot of people really scared of what's going to happen going forward. And it's not just because of the, well, here's a picture from mainland China. It's not just because of the immediate effects of the number of people it um, kills, but it's also the knock-on effects it could have on the economy on, well, a lot of people are actually starting to become afraid of some kind of societal collapse. And this is especially true in mainland China right now. Um, but to get a sense of how much trouble the world, how much trouble we might be in, uh, we should take a quick look back um, and by the way, this is not to scare people, right? This is, we're just wanting to take a look at the information and to see, well, what effect could it have on us? So uh, the fact of the matter is that, well, we have a new coronavirus that was, uh, that came around in 2019. Um, and according to the WHO, it basically has kind of flu-like symptoms everywhere from mild to severe. Um, it, is pretty much like a typically really, really bad flu where you have a five to six day incubation period. Um, but the scary thing, well, a couple scary things about it is that it can infect people apparently up to 14 days later. And in some studies, people found that you don't even need to be showing symptoms uh, to pass the virus onto other people. Now, this is something that's really quite scary, right? And can cause major, major panics. Now, the, there are two things that we need to understand about the coronavirus. Um, the first is the fatality rate. Um, how many people does it kill? Like if you are infected, what are the chances of you dying? Now, it turns out that COVID-19, another name of the, for the coronavirus, has a between 2 and 6% mortality rate. Um, to give you a comparison, SARS has a 10% mortality rate and MERS has a 35% mortality rate. Now, that um, makes the coronavirus look relatively tame in comparison, right? But we have to still remember that the regular winter flu um, is as lethal as it is, only kills maybe 0.1 or 0.2% of the people infects. So the coronavirus, we're looking here at something that's still basically 10 times more infectious, more deadly. And this is something as well that we have to remember. My hearts go out. By the way, this is just a picture from the US, but we have to remember the people who are at the front lines of um, putting their lives in at risk, right, for making sure that we as a population are safe. Um, so this is not to minimize the work that those folks do whatsoever. Now, the second thing we need to understand about the coronavirus is the infection rate. Basically, if one person catches it, how many people will they pass it to? Now, the coronavirus on average affects, from what we understand right now, 2.2 people on average for every infected person. Um, and that's basically exponential growth, right? If one person infects two and two people infect four, um, you basically have an uncontrolled, um, well, an uncontrolled pandemic happening. Um, to put things in perspective, the winter flu affects 1.3 people, um, whereas SARS, um, which is a far, which was a far deadlier disease, um, infects about three people and measles, which is one of the most infectious um, viral infections around, infects 12 people. And uh, just a quick background of the reason why measles is so infectious is because um, 
it can travel through the air as well, through air particles. It doesn't just have to hitch right on water droplets the same way that the flu virus does. Um, and that make, just makes it very, very infectious. Now, when people are looking at the economic um, effects that the coronavirus might have, a lot of people first look at the biggest one, the Black Death. Now, the Black Death happened in the 1300s, and it killed between 30 and 50% of the population. Um, this was absolutely huge. You had a huge reduction in human population, a huge labor shortage that uh, lasted for almost a century after that. Um, and for some people, they find that it might have been the catalyst that ended the Dark Ages. Um, scholars still kind of debate back and forth about how much um, effect the Black Death had on that. On that. But I think most people do agree that the loss of human life um, and the economic impact that the Black Death had afterwards was absolutely enormous. You had wages going up just because people, like, landowners couldn't find farm workers to, uh, to work. Now, that's in the 1300s, something that has happened much more recently that people kind of like to compare to the coronavirus is SARS. And now SARS happened in 2002-2003, and a study by the Australian National University showed that um, we lost roughly 40 to 54 billion dollars um, from the disease. Now the thing is it only killed 774 people, which is a lot of people, but nothing nearly to the point of what the Black Death did and what the coronavirus has already done. Um, so even SARS is not a great um, comparison to what the coronavirus could do. Um, the closest one that we might have is actually the Spanish flu, which happened right after World War I in 1918 through 1919. Uh, the reason why it might be a better comparison is because the mortality rate of the Spanish flu is pretty similar to the coronavirus. It's also roughly equally infectious. Um, in fact, because there were so many people coming back from World War I uh, to the US, it's estimated that 28% of Americans actually caught the Spanish flu. Um, and since, well, 3 to 5% doesn't seem like a large percentage, but when it was infecting so many people, um, it turned out it killed probably 20 to 50 million people worldwide. And that's more than World War I. Now, the St. Louis Fed estimated that it could have cost just the US $200 billion in, um, in damages. Now, that's just the US. The world in general would have suffered a great deal more. Now, the question is, do we need to worry about um, the coronavirus in the same way that, um, that the impact of the Spanish flu had? Now, to answer that question, we need to take a look at something what's called a black swan event. Now, a black swan event was something that um, Nassim Nicholas Taleb came up with in 2007 to kind of explain what happened during the 2007 financial crisis. Now, um, the reason why it's called a black swan, I'll explain in just a second, but really there are three things that a black swan event has. The first is that it's beyond normal expectations, and the possibility that it might occur is unknown as well, like people don't know something can happen. Uh, the second thing is that it is a catastrophic impact. It has that when it occurs. And the third thing is that it's explained in hindsight as if it were predictable. So in the financial crisis in 2017, it fulfilled all three of those. Um, it was beyond normal expectations, right? A catastrophic impact. And 
in hindsight, it was obvious, but at the time it was happening, um, it wasn't obvious how deep it could, uh, the crisis could go. Now, the reason it's called a black swan event is because um, up to the 1600s, Europeans had never seen anything besides white swans. They didn't know black swans existed. And that's kind of the thing with financial crises. We don't know what will cause the next one. And we and our imaginations kind of limit us in knowing what um, what it might look like or what might cause it. Um, and the reason why I bring up black swan events is because the coronavirus does have a possibility for being one of these black swan events. Now, I just want to use an example, and this is not a political statement whatsoever. Don't get me wrong about it. I just want to give you this, I um, give you a sense of how um, of how impactful something like the coronavirus could be, even with let's say a five percent mortality rate. Now. Again, this is not political, but imagine for a second that somebody in Congress got infected with the disease and managed to infect everyone in Congress. Now, with three, uh, 535 representatives in Congress, 5% of that would mean 27 representatives would, um, would be killed by the virus. And that could change a huge amount of things uh, politically in the US. Um, another example of a black swan event would have been, say, Hurricane Katrina, the panic that happened afterwards. Now, the event itself was, um, was absolutely devastating to the communities that um, that it destroyed. And one of the things that um, people saw was the kind of panic that it caused. It wasn't that there wasn't enough food to come around af afterwards, but because there was a panic in the beginning, it had a knock-on effect that people just couldn't foresee um, how bad the food shortages, how bad um, fuel shortages would become. Now, the thing about the coronavirus and pandemics in general is that people have been kind of predicting that something bad would happen for a very long time now. So here is an example from 2007 by the St. Louis Fed. Well, shown here is an article basically written about the possibility of a repeat of the 1918 Spanish flu happening again in the US, what kind of impact it would have. Um, and that's the thing. People know that eventually we're going to have a pandemic that is as infectious as, well, possibly anyway, as infectious as measles and as deadly as, let's say, Ebola or as MERS. Um, it hasn't happened yet, but it could. Now, the question that's on a lot of investors and savers' minds is that will COVID-19 become a pandemic? Now, to answer that, we have to take a quick step back, right? And describe first what exactly a pandemic is. Now, here we go. An epidemic, not a pandemic, but an epidemic is a sudden increase in disease. This is just, you know, the, the dic dictionary definition of it. Um, a pandemic, on the other hand, is what happens when an epidemic spreads over several countries or continents. Um, and so we can say that the, that COVID-19 is already an epidemic because, um, in central China, but the question is, will it become a pandemic by spreading to other places? Now, that is something that I don't think even the best experts can say will happen or not. We could say, well, it's a 20% chance of happening. It's a 50% chance of happening. But just because we know that it's a 50% chance of happening doesn't know whether we're, uh, we know it's going to flip heads or tails. Um, but what we can do, though, is estimate if it does land heads, what will be the impact? If it does land tails, then what, right? Um, and here is the uh, here are the potential effects from an economic standpoint. Um, now, to rewind a little bit, the reason why I, we wanted to look at the mortality rates and the infection rates is so that we can understand what its economic effects would be. Um, now, first of all, um, 
people are estimating that the uh, mortality rate might come down closer to two to five percent rather than two to six percent. Um, so the direct impact um, of the um, of the well, the economic effect is unlikely to have lasting impact beyond. And I don't mean to minimize the human suffering behind this at all. Keep in mind, right? But the direct effect of losing two to five percent of your population is is heavy, but it's still mild compared to let's say what would happen if SARS or Ebola um, be um, became a pandemic, like like within the U.S. Say, however, though all that said. The thing that worries me the most are what's called the indirect effects um, of the coronavirus. And this is um, what would happen, kind of what we saw with that black swan, the black swan effect, right? Something will affect other things that affect other things. So for example, um, let's take the cruise industry for, um, for instance. Now, um, the reason why the coronavirus has a potential, the potential to really impact the cruise industry is twofold, right? First of all, basically what happened after the 2000, uh, 2001, September the 11th attacks, um, a lot of airlines went out of business because fewer people were going on trips and the amount of debt that these companies had, they couldn't service it. And so a lot of companies went bankrupt. And that really changed how uh, the the nature of the airline industry for a decade, uh, two decades to come, actually. The same thing might happen with the cruise industry. Now, cruise the cruise industry has the second thing that could affect it, which is it could change consumer habits, right? If you're used to going to cruise every year and all of a sudden you stop doing it one year, it's not like flights where you have to take it to get from point A to B for the most part. Um, the cruise industry is something that's much more discretionary. And so the potential effects, say, on the cruise industry might be pretty lasting. Now, there could be a lot of other industries that are affected by this. Maybe the healthcare industry, maybe others as well. Um, but I want to stress, though, that as far as an economic meltdown, the coronavirus doesn't look like it is the one to do it. And that's because the mortality rate is relatively low when you compare it to other diseases that actually does have an impact to create this really, really lasting, um, lasting problem, lasting issue economically. So my suggestion is do be careful of the coronavirus. Um, do be careful what it does to your investments, but I don't think at this point it's the time to sell all your assets and go to gold or anything like that. Um, keep watch though for that next possible pandemic. So in any case, hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, and if you did, don't forget to subscribe. I'll see you again next time. Bye for now.